you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. On this episode, we enter Cauldron Moo, learn about an old Utaro custom, and investigate the disappearance of a new chorus member. Welcome to episode 49 of Lightkeeper Protocol. Keeper Protocol, a podcast about our journey through Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. I am Jarrett, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Christina, also known as Pop-Tart. Hello. Yes, I'd like to welcome any new listeners as well as any returning listeners. Thank you guys very much for taking the time to check out Lightkeeper Protocol. And uh, we would love to have you join us on our Discord, which is discord.mash, oh sorry, mash.gg slash discord. Uh, where uh, you know you come and talk about Horizon Zero Dawn or Forbidden West or about the show, so let us know what you think, your thoughts. Uh, it'd be great to have you there. Uh, but yeah, what did we talk about last time? Well, last time we instead of going forward uh, to, uh, I guess, get one of the first subordinate functions, we turned around, talked to Zoe, got a little bit of history on her. And when we went back to Plain Song and talked about all the things you can do there, and then we also did. The roots that bind when which we saved an Utaru outpost that had been forsaken by the chorus. So, as all Utaru outposts are. If you're not on the dish, man, you're out. Were they forsaken? I just thought that they just didn't go that far because it was dangerous. No, I was, I was being extra. They're not forsaken. Like. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I think I missed something. <laughs> no, no. They, the, the, the chorus is just like, no, we can't help you. Sorry, bro. Yeah. And that was that. So, but in this episode, we're actually going to talk about the cauldron that we had skipped before. We don't want to get too far away from that. And then we're also going to talk about the promontory side quest in which the chorus magically reappears. As quickly as they disappeared, they reappeared. So, (laughs) Uh, yeah, but let's talk about cauldron moo because this is really, I mean, the first cauldron you do, I guess, technically speaking, it's not a cauldron, it's a repair bay. Well, it looks like a cauldron to us. <laughs> um, Basically is. Yeah, the first one you do is, you know, part of the story. But this is like your really your first cauldron, cauldron as we experienced it in Horizon Zero Dawn. So, yeah, this is. And, and based on how things kind of play out here, I kind of feel like they expect you to hit this one first. I mean, it is the first one that you kind of run into is the lowest level. So it would definitely make the most sense. I think later on, the cauldrons. I mean, I think do they give the cauldron levels? I think they do give the cauldron levels later on. They oh, no, do. They actually, they te- technically speaking, they even gave this cauldron a level. It's like eighteen. But yeah, I did the yeah. I did the level forty cauldron not when I was level forty and not the last cauldron. I like did it in the middle somewhere. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like it, it, those feel like you can do them at any time. And I guess technically speaking, so did the ones in Horizon Zero Dawn. I think I think so. the big difference though between like the level eighteen level I don't know let's say twenty five and then like forty right is in the beginning of the game you have like very low health and very weak 
weapons and gears. But when you level up and you like unlock more things, you hit a certain point, like I want to say maybe level 30, where like everything else doesn't really matter. It's mostly about the skills and the weapons you use and how you utilize them. So it doesn't really matter what level things that is, are. That is true. I mean, once you hit level 40, like every, that's, that's the max level, I'm pretty sure, for uh, all the machines, except one. Yeah. There's one machine that's level 45. Yeah, but yeah, no, like around level 30, 35, I was like being extra bold and I'm like, I can do anything at this point. So, right. Yeah, the the, the difficulty definitely starts to scale back a little bit. Like mm-hmm. it's like the difficulty curve kind of starts to flatten. But this is what I'll call like our first optional cauldron. Uh, there's machines outside there, leap lashers and scroungers. And uh, yeah, I mean. Once again, I I, I guess I, I I I'm like I'm watching my video. I'm like, am I trying to stealth this or am I just like getting frustrated? I'm trying to remember where my headspace was because at first I was trying to get up close, and then all of a sudden I just kind of pop up and start attacking. I'm like, ah, whatever, <laughs> you know. So. Yeah, I know this wasn't the first. They were scrappers that we saw, not scroungers. They're scroungers. Oh, they were scroungers. Uh, yeah, the scroungers. Yeah. Yeah, I think I stealth. I didn't even see the leap lashers. I. Definitely stealth the scroungers. There's at least two because I fought them all. I just, I just literally, I wrote, there's a few scroungers out front, and that's it. Like, I didn't fight any of the leap lashers. Wow. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, no, they were there for me. I wonder because were you still playing hard then? Yes, I was. I wonder because this isn't like a nest, it's like a, a quest thing. Maybe they put extra machines there for you. It's a quest thing? Like like it's its own side thing. It's not like a nest. Like a like where they live. Like a Oh yeah, like a like a machine site? Yeah. Yeah, that's what they're calling this game, not a nest. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I don't know if leap leap lashes live live in nests. Do kangaroos have, live in nests? That's not a question for me. I'm not a kangarooologist. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. I was gonna say a zoologist, <laughs> and I was like, "No, that's a real thing." I that's think that's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah but uh, yeah, before you get too deep inside, a warning is provided that you won't be able to exit the cauldron until it's completed. So I've I've actually never tried to fast travel out of a cauldron before. That, that's what that made me think. I was like, "Have I actually tried to fast travel out of a cauldron?" I don't. I didn't. Think so. I didn't even register that message at all. Yeah, because they don't say they don't tell you that in Zero Dawn. Mm-mm. Like in Zero Dawn, you just go in. But then again, I mean, at some point, I guess a door doors kind of close behind you and lock you in when it comes to Zero Dawn. Because some of those cauldrons, you definitely like should be able to walk out the way you came in. Yeah, I uh, I do remember though doing some main story stuff. It probably didn't let me teleport because of the main story stuff, but it wouldn't let me teleport out of like underground locations and stuff. So. Right, even if you brought the map up to floor one. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It's because I had to do stories still there. So, gotcha. Okay. Uh, so they do make a, a bit of a, a spectacle going into this cauldron because you hop on the zip line, and as you zip line and down, there's like machines flying by, there's lights flashing. You didn't miss this zip line. Like it's impossible, right? Like- okay, I didn't miss the zip line, but remember how I said sometimes playing this game when I'm going really fast into a loading area, it just cuts out black. Oh yeah. And then cuts back in. So it it freezes in place. So it cuts out and cuts back in, but it definitely uh messed up my zip lining experience. 
Oh, that sucks. I mean, like you're missing the fun ones and then the ones you do hit. Boom. Like <laughs> PS4 gotcha. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but once we get inside, not too much feels different from the cauldrons we saw in like Zero Dawn. I mean, the, I will note that the cable animations do look different. They look better because, you know, before in Zero Dawn, when you would hack a node and you just see like these blue vines going across the, uh, you know, kind of going across the the bridge. I didn't even know what they really were supposed to be. But in this game, they are clearly cables. They they look like really big coax cables. (laughs) That's what they look like. I still want to know how that works, but it's... Well, in Zero Dawn, like, they're more... That's the word I'm looking for. Like, uh, they're more squiggly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they kind of wrap around each other (laughs) and they eventually hit the side. With this one, like, a lot, most of those cables just go straight. Like, they just come out and they just go straight and connect. Yeah. Is that how so, cables work? Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but um, also, I mean, I guess the one of the bigger differences, and we kind of already saw this with Repair, Repair Bay Tau, but the hovering carriers have been completely redesigned. Mm-hmm. Like before, they just used to look like boxes with like the uh, the Matrix style hover dishes on them, and now they look like uh, flying machines. So. Uh, one trend that I did not like, and this is happens with all of the cauldrons in this game, is that those timed climbing mechanics that they introduced in the Frozen Wilds, like in in the uh, in Cauldron Epsilon, they're just they just double down on that, man. Like I do not like that because I, I, the thing is, it's it's like you literally are just doing nothing until whatever the climbing thing activates, like whatever yep. climbing apparatus it is just activates, and so you're just kind of sitting there. And then you're like, okay, now, oh, uh, I did something or I messed up. Maybe I jumped off by accident and now I got to wait for the whole thing just to happen again. It's, it just kind of slows everything down. The thing that I don't like, because it scares the crap out of me every single time, and it happens like two to three times in this cauldron, is when your handholds break. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's there's no, I guess the world around you is breaking. So, like, I guess there's a story reason for it to happen. But it scares me every single time. Like, I'm watching my videos and I'm like, ah, oh, oh, no, I'm good. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes sense because especially now that we know, well, I mean, I think we kind of have an idea, a better idea of how machine, like what's going on with the machine since Gaia lost control of the terraforming system like they're just doing the last thing that they were told to do uh as you can see with the land gods the Utero land gods so you know if 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 the whatever machine was in charge of maintaining those handholds for whatever reason because there's really no reason for a handhold to be available in that in those cultures anyway true well who are whoever was in charge of man you know maintaining the handholds or whatever like it's going it's doing something else it's been like sweeping or mopping forever <laughs> cleanest good cleanest floors and in, in in horizon so uh but yeah i mean like i said my, my biggest pet peeve is the fact that they, they just kind of and i think i even said it like back before the game came out you know when we were talking about the frozen wilds i was like man i hope they don't really keep those mechanics and boy did they oh so, oh yeah yeah so uh, there's not really any difficult combat scenarios here. I mean, the, the most difficult combat scenario, I would say, was that th- there's one area that has, like, a shell walker and a burrower at the same time. Okay, I mean, you're making a face, so why don't you tell me why you're making that face? Because I saw the burrower, and I was like, I can take that out. And I, that's at that time where I finally realized you have to take things off the machines 
before they die. So I'm trying to get the sound shell thing off of its chest. Uh-huh. I'm just like messing around shooting this thing. And then this shell walker comes up out of nowhere and it's like, hey there. And I was like, oh, I wasn't I wasn't prepared. So it was it was not a fun fight, but I didn't think it was a boss fight this time. So that's a good oh, thing. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> upgrade, upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did you go in head first? Like, did you take that shield down and go in? Or did you find the alternate path and go in? Um, I got lost and I accidentally turned around and jumped across the hands again and realized. And then I came back and I don't remember which way because I didn't know there was an alternate path. Yeah. So when you first get to where this area that we're talking about is, there's like a shield wall and like there's a node there. You could take the shield down. Or if you go left, like if you explore a little bit, there's an alternate path that gets you right behind the burrower. Like it gets you right behind the burrower. You can stealth kill it and be done with it. Quick, fast. Like you can stealth kill. You can get a stealth hit on the burrower. And then you can also, if you're lucky, you can get a stealth hit. Not lucky, but if you're patient, I guess you can get a stealth hit on the shell walker as well. It won't kill it, but it'll definitely damage it. So I'm assuming you didn't go that Well, No, you didn't because you tried to get that sound shell. Yeah, no, I didn't go that. I didn't go that route. I just say that I went up top and overrode another bridge. So I don't know. I don't know how far that is. No, like like it's not a it's not a difficult scenario. My I would say my biggest mistake was I shot off the cannon for the shell walker while it still had a pretty decent amount of health. So machines that have range like that, a lot of them. If they have melee attacks and you shoot off their range, they just go super heavy on the melee, like very, very aggressive. And that's exactly what it did. Yeah. So I, I spent a lot of time rolling <laughs> out of the way. My problem was that it because it saw me right away, it put its shield up right away. So I had tear blast arrows and I tried so hard to take it down, but I ended up using acid. I think this is one of the first times I actually started utilizing acid. So Right. Yeah. I was like, I need something. I can't like freezing. It's not going to help. I'm not going to be able to hit it. So. Yeah. At this point in the game, I was still conserving a lot of my elemental damage because I just didn't have the resources to make more. Yeah. That was the thing. Like, at this point, I don't think like I had not had an ex- like the last explosive spike I used was in the roots that bind. Like that was the last that was the very last one I had. And I didn't have another one for a long time. This is around when I started using the shredder gauntlets, but I didn't realize I had to catch them. I was just like tossing just throwing them, them. Just yeah. throwing them. So I was just going through an obscene amount of needles. Yeah, like, I, I guess it didn't take like um, it, didn't, it didn't take long for me to realize that you had to catch those because like I would throw it and I was expecting for it not to really come. Back. I, I didn't know what to expect. Right? I was just uh, throwing a disc. But when I saw it come back, I was like, oh, I can I can catch those. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I found out when you told me and it was like far past this spot. So right, yeah. like really yeah. far, like I'm like I said, I'm going through the videos and I'm like. Am I going to catch it? Am I going to catch it? Am I going to figure it out? And no. Yeah. I think another thing about the Shredder Gauntlet is that you kind of have to use it in an area where that's large enough for you to see that you can actually catch it so that you can see that it's going to come that like it flies somewhere else or it comes back to you. Like that's the thing. Well, so. that's the thing is I accidentally caught it a few times and I didn't realize it while I was you didn't, flying. You didn't register? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, I, I got nothing for you on that. So. <laughs> uh, 
so there is a new arm mechanic, which I think they they employ that a few times, but this is the first time I really saw it where you kind of have to like hop on an arm and it has like a yellow bar on it. So you can see, you know, you see where you can move on it. And as it moves around, you got to move from arm to arm. I did have a little trouble with this, you know, one part here because there's a point where one of the arms points at a ledge. You hop on the ledge and you kind of shimmy over. The ledge actually turns a corner and you're supposed to follow it. But the line breaks, I I guess maybe because of the way my camera was, I did not see that it went around the corner. And also, uh, right underneath where the line ends, there's an arm that lines up right underneath that. And I was like, oh, I just kind of need to to drop down. But if you drop down, even if you land directly on the part that you're supposed to be able to walk on, Aloy won't catch it. Like she'll just like hop, she'll stand on it, but she won't do that stance. Like she's like walking like she's a tight on rope. it. Yeah, yeah. So I I did that like three times. It wasn't catching. I got it one time where she would stand on it and the arm would still move, but it like then she would clip through. So I'm like, okay, either this game's really really broken, or I'm missing something here. And then at one time I just managed to see that oh I'm supposed to follow it around the edge and. That was that. So yeah, my biggest issue here was the carrier. I couldn't figure out which side of the hand to stand on to jump on the carrier, and I had the same issue like in some quests where sometimes you need to use the focus to find things, and sometimes you just need to walk up to the thing and interact with it. So I had the same right. issue sometimes with climbing the climbing puzzles in this game because sometimes you just hold forward and Aloy will jump on a thing. But sometimes you have to hold forward and push the jump button for her to, like, do an extra further jump. So, like, right, yeah. I was just sitting there, like, do I push the button or am I just going to fall into the void? Right, okay, yeah, I, I can kind of see that. I didn't really have an issue. I mean, I, by the time I had got to that part, the game was just kind of like, yeah, we've messaged you enough, so. <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll just we'll just let you go here. Uh, but I just kind of, yeah, I think it's one of those parts where we got to, like, you know, actually jump for it. So I, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, after you, you get through that part, you can finally make it to the core. And the core definitely looks a little different. Like, because before we, it would be, like, with that bubble. And inside the bubble, you see, like, a machine getting put together. This one's different. Like, you, you see, like, an arm that has a wide maw picked up. And the arm is doing something to the to the wide maw. And when you you know, uh, activate the nearby node, the, the, the wide maw comes down and the fight starts. But this is actually the first time I fought a wide maw because I did not fight a wide maw on the roots that bind. You know? Yeah, I didn't either. I just fought one exploring previous to this point. Right, yeah. Just from exploring. And yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I did, I did a great job, but yeah. I'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, I mean, based on the wiki, it has a wide range of attacks, but all of the attacks boil down to a couple things. It, it sucks you in, it can do a close-range melee attack, and then it spits out, like, ice or sludge chunks or something like that. But that's all. All of its attacks are variations of that. And especially the, the attacks where it can, like, it spits stuff at you, those attacks can drench you. And I... I I can't. I don't think I got drenched during this fight. I can't remember where which which fight I re- I realized what drenching did. 
where I was trying to shoot arrows, fire arrows, but nothing was setting on fire because the fire arrows were put out, you know? So, but, um, yeah, that, like, I didn't get drenched this, uh, this, uh, this fight, but I'm sure I'll recognize the first time I did. I, so. I didn't, uh, there's a couple of points where I get drenched and I'm like, why am I, is, do I have the fire arrows equipped? Why is it not shooting fire? And I just didn't realize what was happening. That's right, another yeah. thing that took way too long for me to figure out. Right. Yeah. Um, actually, this thing, I never got like a loading tip or a tool tip or anything like that on drenching. No, I, I turned the tool tips off like right after the main quest that we just did because I'm like, okay, it's like, oh, to climb further or to shoot your bow. I was like, I don't, I don't need these anymore. Right. Like, and what they, I know, like when you first pick up an elemental weapon, I do know that they would give you the lowdown on that element. You know, I yeah. do not remember getting one for drenching. And it's weird because I do remember getting one for plasma. So it's not like they turned off. I just don't remember getting one for drenching. Did you ever get a drenching weapon? weapon? Yeah, I got a drenching weapon. I got I, a sling that can drench. Oh, I did see I didn't get a sling. I just used traps, I think. Oh no. Like as soon as I figured out what drenching was, I got a sling that can drench because they're <laughs> they're like like uh, like scorchers. They're puppies when they're drenched. Scorchers are puppies when they're drenched. Uh, the, the 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 fire claws are teddy bears that wrestle when they're bench when, no. you know, when they're drenched. I definitely did have a drenched weapon because there were a few things that I fought that I'm like I'm not fighting this if it's if it's not purged. Yeah, and, and another uh, uh, machine that you know we haven't seen yet. Like later, oh, we'll see it later on. Uh, if that's drenched, it basically like most of its attacks are moot, except the the melee it does. The melee it does can still hurt you, but like other yeah. than that, I can't really do anything else. I think I know which one you're talking about because like you have to technically fight well three of them, but yeah, every time after the first one, every time I fought it, I was like, oh, you're being drenched. I'm not dealing with this. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean. I think this is a good area for first encounter with a wide mall because it's pretty open. And actually the, the culture, new culture and arenas feel bigger and they just also are, they're better lit too mm-hmm. because the other cauldrons were pretty dark. Uh, but this one is like, it's like well lit. You can see everything. And then the space is, uh, you know, um, pretty big. So. And there's not a lot of walls. The last, the cauldrons in the last game had like a lot of like random walls like that waist high walls yeah. yeah i thought those were helpful which though, i was gonna say which could be good or bad i think they were good in the last game because you could run through traps but if i'm running through the center and i put oh, traps right, around yeah. all of those walls like no no good yeah, no yeah good. No, you're right you're 100 right about that uh so i'm not supposed to so i'm not sure if it's supposed to work like this but i was able to burst the purge water sack the wide mall has by getting a shredder disc lodged in its mouth. Like it was like it had its mouth open doing the sucking in thing. And mm-hmm. I shot the shredder disc in there and it closed its mouth during it. And then what happened was once the shredder disc was in there, it just you could hear it bouncing back and forth, back and forth, and all of a sudden, boom, the like the sack on its stomach blew up. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so I don't know if it was supposed to work like that, but I'll take it. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I was trying to get the teeth. At first, I highlighted the teeth. I couldn't see it when it was still in yeah. the air. 
And I was like, what what item am I trying to get? And then he opened his mouth and I was like, absolutely not. I'm not getting that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really didn't start worrying too much about picking off uh, parts until I got a drill um, spike thrower. Once I got Mm. that drill spike thrower and that was that had to be the hardest weapon for me to like shelve the drill spike thrower. Because it was only, it was an uncommon weapon, but oh my goodness, like, uh, did you get a drill spike thrower? I didn't use any of the spikes. Yeah. The drill spike thrower is so good because even when, once you, as long as you hit them with it, the drills drive up their um, stun damage. So even Mm. like it does the damage while it's drilling, but it drives up their stun. So if you put three into them, whatever you're fighting is going to lay down, which is nice. I just use and it the, continues to take damage while it's down. <laughs> I just use the shredder tear. Like at that point in the game where I was like here, I was using tear blast arrows. But like as I progressed and and got better, I was just using the tear shredder gauntlet. Where did you get tear blast from this early? Like I didn't have tear blast until I would say I got I I, I I'm trying to think. I definitely had met Hikaru. By the time I had Terror Blast. I don't know. I might have bought it. I think I bought it. Yeah, I don't remember getting Terror Blast. Like, I, cause I think I, I even got on your stream and I said, I found the Sharp Shot bow that had the original <laughs> mix. That had the original mix of weapon types. Yeah, because this only had Terror Blast, didn't have like the original mix. I think I bought it. And I think that's why I was mad when the last quest that we just did, the roots that find right because i think i just bought that bow and then he gives you a bow and i'm like i just bought one so maybe it doesn't maybe i did see a sharp shot but a a terror blast arrow but i did not want to like take a whole slot for it because it's only the the single terror blast but when i found i found a i found a um actually no i didn't find a sharp shot that had the original mix because there's one weapon type that they did not bring and that's the one that you can that help makes it easy to shoot off components like um like canisters and stuff like that which mm-hmm. is pretty much completely worthless in, in, the, in the last game um even if you're playing on hard but it definitely had the sharp shot and it had the tear blast the, the original like the bow that i found that had the original mix was the hunter bow where it had the regular arrow it had the um fire and then it also had what used to be hardpoint arrows, but now they mm-hmm. just call them advanced hunter arrows. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's the one where I found the originals. But uh, yeah, I mean, once you damage the original wide maw enough, a second wide maw comes out. But the space is so big, it doesn't really feel like it makes a difference. I d- it didn't. I didn't have a problem. The only problem I had was like the first, like the new wide wall started like doing the vacuum move. And then the, the first wide mall started doing the vacuum move right when I was done. Uh, and I was like, please stop. But the the first wide ball, like it ran into a purge water trap that I put down. And then I think the right. sack exploded and then I froze it. I destroyed this. Dude. He had like maybe 10% health when the other wide mall came out. So I just like shot right. it a few times and he was just done. Well, the second wide maw came out once I burst the sack on the first wide maw. And when it came out, it was already drenched, which I think is a bug. It was already drenched. Like, there should have been no way that it was drenched. But 
when I bust the sack, that's when it came out. But the first wide mall, like, was limping at that point because you know how sometimes the, the machines they start to limp and move slow mm-hmm. that's what it was doing and then i just finished it off and fought the second one do do wide malls roll because the one wide mall dashed across to the other one and the first wide mall that had like no health rolled sideways across my screen and i don't know if that's something that they do or if like he ran into him and just like pushed him over. I, I, I don't. I've never seen that, so I think he just pushed him over. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was a double wide mall fight. Like by by the time you, the, the second one comes out, the first one should be almost should be in a, in pretty bad shape, and then you just beat the second one, and that's it. So once the wide malls are gone, Aloy is able to override the core, and I noticed something. That I didn't notice before. I, I heard something that I didn't hear before. I should say, uh, Aloy says that it looks like Hephaestus has been upgrading the cauldron security grid, and she doesn't expand on that. She does not expand on what that means. She has, and then she doesn't have any additional trouble overriding the core. We also overrode, you know, repair bay tower with no issue. So what I'm wondering, or what I'm thinking, is I think that it means that Hephaestus has been upgrading the security on the machines, and that's why her old overrides don't work. That would make sense. I don't think they thought about that. Like, and if they did, they wouldn't just have it as a throwaway line. Line. Yeah, because maybe because there's some machines that are corrupted, or the override is corrupted. Maybe that's what it means. Maybe that's what it means that like it's yeah she can't fully do the override so that's, that's also a possibility, but I mean it will fully explain like oh he's been upgrading the new machines with a different cipher or whatever cryptography term you want to use and that's why I can't override it. That's essentially what the override is, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so you know because yeah, I mean it'll make the perfect sense because that's how the scarabs work. That's how um, they work. They would just hack a machine and override it. Right. Um, and Hephaestus was like, I don't like this, and upgrades the security on all the new machines that he's producing because we're killing the old ones, right? <laughs> and that's why we can't override anything. Oh, yeah, I did write that down. I didn't think anything about it, though. It's just like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I was like, that would totally explain it. But to me, that so that's what kind of like... It, it, that they should have put that into the game, right? Like in the beginning of the game, she could have she like while she's talking to Varl, she could have been like, "Yeah, I used to override machines all the time, but for like for, like for some reason I can't override machines except for chargers, and I don't know why." Boom! Down the line, we hit the first cauldron. Oh, he's upgrading the security. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a little patch it in. There's definitely a bunch of like bugs and missing things from i do so many from like day one week one from when we were playing because right after this i started having audio issues where any of my extra sounds like so the focus sound sometimes like guns like heavy machinery like the heavy guns sorry like you'll hear the sound and then it just cuts out like you get a headshot and you don't hear anything like so the music is fine but like the extra sounds just didn't work i had to reload my game to fix it right yeah i've had i'm trying to think of you know i've I've had you know how sometimes the sounds comes out of a controller Mm -hmm. i've had those sounds hit repeat sometimes so i mean mean, yeah 
so I mean, we, well, we know that there's there there's definitely a lot of bugs with the game, but like for them not to, I don't know, for them not to take more care or time into explaining why you can't do things they're like oh these people have played metroid they'll totally understand you know yeah. <laughs> like no like you know you know talk to Varl. be like because i mean that's why Varl's there to kind of update us on on what's been happening right like instead yep. of like oh my stuff got stolen or oh i lost my stuff and now i you know they have, let's have a, a better explanation that like, like does she actually say what happened to her power armor does she say that she lost the battery or the battery died or something like that i I don't. Cause that that's that what would happened. make sense, yeah. but she said with her stuff, it just it got stolen. Yeah, because like her, I think it tells you in the description of the armor that the battery died, that the battery is dead. If you read the description of the armor, like, but you can read that somewhere. I do know as a fact it is somewhere in the game that it tells you about the armor i'm pretty sure it's in the description of the armor mm-hmm. and it says something about needing a new battery i mean that would make sense because it's yeah. very powerful so, but, she, <laughs> but she doesn't she doesn't make mention of that but you know i think it'll be cool like it'll also if he's upgrading it maybe it also explains why we can no longer override the machines permanently too mm-hmm. because he's upgraded the security oh, so true yeah, because the, the armor has to be canon because, like, every other side quest up to this point has been canon. So it's something that she would have had. Right, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's what I, like, I, I don't know why I didn't really pick up on that the first time. Yeah, I didn't pick it you up know? on it on the second time either, so. I think maybe because I was just so focused on get going and getting the loot. And then on top of that, she does have a lot of throwaway lines in the game. Like she repeats a lot of stuff. There's so, a couple of times yeah. where I'm like, I get it, shut up, because she's <laughs> yeah. trying to tell the player how to move along. Yeah, like she'll say something like, "Maybe I should loot this machine." <laughs> you it's know, like, like yes, you- I know, but I'm looting everything else first. Like, let me exactly, get, yeah. get this loot. Right. So maybe that's why. But yeah, I definitely picked up on that second. I was like, okay, okay. So maybe they did. Like, yeah, if you pick up on that, that may be a reason. So. Uh, but, uh, yeah, once the core is overridden, you do get new overrides. You get the override for the burrowers, scrounger, and grazer. You also get corrupted overrides for scrappers, fang horns, and wide maws. So, you just gotta go find the parts for that, and you can, uh, put that back together at Gaia. And then once you're back outside, they provide a fresh scrounger for you with its back turned to you for you to override. And then this is one of those things where Aloy is like, hmm, I can test these overrides now. Like, you know. <laughs> uh, so, like, that's what I said. This, is, this clearly feels like the first cauldron they wanted you to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you, the weird, weird thing is, I should say the weird thing, but, like, once I overrode the, the scrounger, it's almost like the machines appeared immediately. The other machines mm-hmm. appeared, like, super fast. And then also there were more machines because burrowers showed up. Burrowers were not outside when I went inside. Well, they're burrowers. They burrow underground. They could just swim their way over. Thank you. I appreciate you putting that together for me. Oh, let's they burrow their way over. Oh, because they're burrowers. Yes, they burrowers. Yes. yes. <laughs> Our little otter robots. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So. That is Cauldron Moo, which was uh, our first optional cauldron. Let's move into the Promontory, which is a side quest for Plainsong and the Utaru. So 
Aloy comes across back in Plain Song, the dishes specifically. Maybe we're just going to call them the dishes, the Plain Song dishes from now on, because Plain Song is a whole area. Mm-hmm. But uh, Aloy comes across two of the, of the chorus members arguing with another Taru. Uh, so they, they decide to finally come out of hiding, and then they, you know, start an argument. Uh, and this is close to very, very close to peak savior Aloy, because she enters the conversation by saying, what's going on here? That's how she comes into the conversation. And she does that uh, a few times in Plain Song, too. It's like, yo, you don't live here. <laughs> <laughs> you do not live here. You know, she's like, I live on Earth, and Earth is my business. <laughs> like, you know. But that's the thing. Like, I was like, wow, like, come on. <laughs> like, is she, like, this is too strong here. So, um, the, like, the Ataru that we don't know, uh, he, his name is Brian. He's actually happy to see her because he recognized her from when she spoke to the chorus before. And Fane is less happy. Uh, he says that this isn't her concern and that they tolerated her uh, intrusions enough. Or they've tolerated enough of her intrusions. And she's like, oh, you can tolerate one more. And it's like, she's being like a bully here. Like, she is the hero of the story. But I, maybe it's because I'm just, I'm just older now. Like, like, this is like somebody from another state showing up to your city council meeting and trying to boss around the city council. you know yeah the problem with Aloy is like nothing's ever her war unless it has to do with trying to argue with someone who is very set in their their ways that is true I forgot I forgot she's missed not my war like (laughs) yeah she's missed not my war but if you're a tribe that has very set in stone ways like traditions that I don't believe in, then I'm gonna step in. That's how she is. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, but it turns out that Bree's wife, Kalai, was supposed to join the chorus. Uh, she went up to a place called the Promontory to perform the Rite of Discovery, but she went missing. And uh, he says that she must have fallen, and the chorus is abandoning, abandoning the search for her body. And the Rite of Discovery is a ritual where a new chorus member would make a pilgrimage to the promontory, and the place, and that's the place where the Utaru first set eyes on Plain Song. So they would go there, mark their eyes with dye, and then play an instrument, uh, and they would leave their mark. He, uh, you know, after they were done, and every chorus member used to make the journey. But the practice was abandoned because of the derangement and, you know, because it it made the journey just too dangerous. Right. And I I don't know. I thought the 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 ritual is kind of funny uh, because it's like, okay, so you're going to this is where the the guitar first see playing song. And so you're going to go there, put dye on your eyes and then play the instrument. Like, did they do that when they got there? Because I'm not sure. Have you ever seen? That the like the, the the TV show Angel. Have you ever watched that? No. So like, I'm trying to think. I think it was like the third season where they get they have to go into the alternate dimension, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a species there that the the, the 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 dominant species there has a dance for everything. So it's like you know, as like as like this woman is talking, she's instructing her son do the dance of happiness. Do the dance of sorrow, like to, to pantomime while she's talking. It's actually a pretty, it's a pretty funny thing if you watch it. And it's what kind of reminds me, like, do they have a song for everything? 
you know, they have like a, a song of discovery, a song of happiness. I mean, you know. I'm sure they do. I mean, we uh, as as people, we do as well. But I guess it's very different where you have like one tribe versus like how many people in the world that can communicate with each other instantly because right. the Internet. Right. So that's what I, that's what I thought of when I when I when they said this is what they did. So, yeah, uh, but the promontory is east of Plainsong. And I wonder if the Utaru were part of the group that left the sacred land. And the group that eventually became the Karja. Like, they didn't want to stay in Meridian for whatever reason and just kept heading west and became the Karja. Uh, sorry, it kept heading west and, you know, eventually become the Utaro. Because, I mean, we know the point of origin for this region. The point of origin is Eleuthia. Right. Right? And so everybody came from Eleuthia. Like, the, like, the Nora are probably, I would say, the oldest tribe because that's where, that's where everything was. And then they find the leaves or what I, I, I would suspect to be a book. <laughs> you right. Know. Uh, they go to Meridian. And what if these people are like, yeah, we're not really buying this sun stuff. We're just going to keep walking just west. Keep on keeping on. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, yeah like they, they're, they're west of Meridian. So I wonder if they were originally part of the group that left the sacred land. And then they got to this part. I was like, oh, this is it. Look at this place. Sing a song. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I wonder how that works. Because you have the Utaro, who's very singy and, you know, farmers, I guess. And then you have the Tunak, like, right next to them. So you have, like, this very passive tribe that ends up just chilling there. And you have this very angry tribe. <laughs> like That's what I was going to say. Like, I think that, like, uh, it would make sense for the Tanakh to be descendants of the Utaru. But maybe, like, they kept going west. Like, oh, we're, we're going to see what's out there. Like, we're not going to stay here in this lush, uh, vegetable-rich or food-rich environment. Because at the t- by the time they got there, I'm pretty sure the land gods were already in place. Yeah. I wonder if they're... They got there and they're like, because, you know, not everybody wants to live a life of just like sitting around and farming. Maybe it just wasn't entertaining for them. So they just kept going and then found their own thing that they cling to. I would like to think that they kept going west, realized they made a mistake and got, got angry about it. Like, oh, there's no food here. <laughs> <laughs> because remember, the first place they hit is just a desert. Yeah. It's just a massive desert. So, like, you know. And then, you know, they keep going west and past that, you know, you start to get more into a like jungle area and stuff like that. And there you do you have the stubborn people like, well, we didn't make a mistake. We're just going to stay here. We're going to tough yeah. it out <laughs> in the desert. That would be uh, me. Was, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going back. I'll figure it out. Oh, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Like, I, I made the right choice. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I, I wonder because like, it, it, unless, I mean, we can, they, they can offer some other type of migration theory i mean we you do also have to consider the fact that there's the banuk and then there's the the uh, asaram i mean the asaram could have also sprung from the karja like instead of going west they went north and the banuk mm-hmm. just went straight north from the uh from the sacred land so i feel like the banuk are are maybe it's just because i don't know the ice or something i feel like the banuk though are very similar to the nora if that makes sense like they're very close I don't know. The Banuk remind me, uh, they feel like a combination of Utaru and Tanakh. 
because the Banuka very much like song this, song that, and but their songs yeah. are like about their, uh, you know, uh, uh, combat prowess and their endurance and things like that. And the, the Tanakhta are also, especially the Desert Clan, are very proud of their endurance and being able to survive and things like that. Yeah, maybe it's just because of like the cold stuff. Is what I'm thinking of, because like in the Nora lands, it's like there's like some areas that are like really cold. And for some reason, I just link them together. <laughs> yeah, the Nora land is it feels like the most um, varied. Yeah, you get a little bit of everything. You get all four seasons in, 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 in the sacred land. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's why they stay there. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, the chorus uh, jo- decides who joins, but they can't ignore the will of the people. So Kalai, she was a growing voice for new ideas instead of old traditions, and her ideas are starting to catch on. What idea might that be? Well, her main idea was that the Utaro should leave playing song and find a new home. Because they need food. <laughs> they need food. <laughs> like it's like we should get out of here, you know? Uh so um Kel says that they're bound to the land. So Fane, I'm not a fan of Fane. Fane was Mr. Well, if we die, we die. Like, you know what I'm saying? This whole part of the cycle. But Kel is even worse. She's like, oh, a tree cannot pick up its roots even as fire approaches. And Aloy quickly points out that they are not trees. But that's also the same thing. It's like, well, you know, even if a fire is raging, don't move. Like, just die. <laughs> you know, just die. I guess I'll just die. Um, so, Fainley, he says they can't deafen themselves to dissonance, as unpleasant as it might be. So, this is why they made her part of the chorus because people wanted her in the chorus. Like she's a, she's a strong voice in the community. So it was, you know, she puts one on one together and says they had no choice, but to add her to the chorus, uh, or they were risk legitimizing her ideas further. So Bane and Kel actually both did like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> you know, it's like that. Uh, but Kel, you know, who is on the same program as Fane <laughs> says like, they've done enough. Uh, she says the only thing they found was a broken instrument and the dye she used for the ritual. And the chorus doesn't want to spend any more time on the matter. They said they don't want to risk more lives over one woman's stubbornness because they urged her not to go to the promontory, right? And Bree, he fires back saying that she thought it would, that, you know, Kalai thought it would lend strength for her point of view because she wanted to prove that she uh, respects the old ways, even though she advocated uh, against them. I mean, that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. if food was abundant, it probably wouldn't be an issue. But the fact that it's like, oh, we, we got to eat. <laughs> we got to eat, man. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, Bree, he wants them to find her seed pouch. Uh, and when the chorus refuses, you know, he asks you. And, you know, of course, you're going to accept. Uh, but the chorus. You know, argue the course. Well, I should say the course, but you know, Fane and Kel's argument is that the river will carry her seeds to new soil. Like they're going to get planted some way, somehow. But you know, they're just not in plain song. And he's like, no, it, she her seeds need to be plant, buried in plain song because it's their home. So see, that argument makes no sense to me because, like, if they're in a bag, if they're in a seed pouch. Is that seed pouch like biodegradable? Like, how is it just gonna like it can't break down easily because you're carrying these seeds with you all day, every day. Right. So it's not it's not gonna plant anything. I don't know. I'm gonna take one out of your book. I'm gonna say I'm not a seedologist. So <laughs> I don't know <laughs> how it works. I will say plant life is resilient. 
please see the weeds coming up between my pavers and my backyard, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, but he does tell Aloy where the promontory is. And when Aloy asked the chorus members if they were okay with it, which I was even surprised that she even asked if they were okay with it because of how she came in the conversation. At least she didn't put her hands on her, like, you know, her fists on her hips like she had been uh, in more <laughs> recent times. True. Uh, but they basically said that she's wasting time. Well, actually, Fane was specifically like, how you waste your time is of no concern to me. And he flipped his hair and walked away. He didn't flip his hair. But he, it would have been best if he did. That would have been great. <laughs> Yeah, I guess he has a he has a little ponytail, right? Does he have a mullet? Yeah. There's so many characters that have mullets in this, <laughs> like Yeah. So uh at the base of the promontory, there are a few machines to kill. Like you have to kill, I think they're fanghorns. I put grazers here, but I think they're fanghorns. So you have to kill them. Depending on the side that you come from, you might stumble on a sky drifter. I don't know if it's mandatory though. Cause I, I think if I would have come from the other side, I would have completely missed the sky drifter. So I went up to the promontory first because I didn't realize what it was. So I went up there, explored. I was like, oh, that's weird. And then I went back down and I was coming down the hill and I saw the sky drifters. And I think I was like, oh, let me see if I can get their tails or something. Or they saw yeah, me. They have, they have like something on the tail that's valuable. Yeah. So I was like, oh, whatever. They're here. I'll attack them. And then the grazers all ran after me. I'm like, bro, I'm just trying to fight these birds. Leave me alone. So, because like the the quest log says, kill the machines. So if you just walk past the machines and it took you up to say, you know, it was fine for you to go up. Yeah. Okay, so it's not mandatory then. I thought it was mandatory because that's what that was. That's what the uh, the quest objective say: kill the machines. It is mandatory. You can go up to like the initial part, like, but you can't go up up. Oh god! Oh yes, right. Because you have to clear the machines because of the next part, like, everybody has to do some detective Pikachu work. Yeah, on the, uh, on the bottom floor. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. she finds uh, the spot where they found the instrument, and the search party believes that Kali fell, and then the river took her body away. But it was like, hold on a second, is that a tree there? It's a huge tree. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So she says, well, that can't be. You know, she couldn't fall because if she fell, she would have hit the tree. You know, and then her body would have gotten caught in the tree. Um. So yeah, just I wanted the search party just came and was like, oh. Yeah, here's an instrument on the ground. Oh, man, she must have fell into the river. The, uh, <laughs> I guess the Yotaro haven't played enough Phoenix, right? That's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, great farmers, bad detectives, mm -hmm. you know, so bad searchers. Uh, so uh, Aloy, she takes the path up to the right of Discovery, which hasn't been kept up, so it's kind of falling apart. And in order to get to the top, uh, Aloy figures you have to be a great climber, and it doesn't add up that she fell. So I will say, like, this is one of those times where I thought that she was just repeating the same thing over and over again as throwaway lines, because she kept making mention of, oh, there used to be a bridge here. It must have fallen apart. Oh, I guess we'll have to climb up. The searchers must have had to climb up. She had to climb up. Oh, this bridge mm -hmm. is coming apart. And then finally, as you get to the top, she's like, it just like you know, you had to be a great climber to get up here. Uh, so it doesn't make sense that she fell. Right. Well, even great climbers fall. Swimmer, like professional swimmers, can drown. You know? I, I was gonna say uh, I'm like a I'm not a great climber, but I'm a I'm a pretty good climber, and I fall all the time. <laughs> I fall a lot. I, I trip over my own two feet like every day. Right. So, uh, yeah. Well, she gets to the area where she was uh, singing the song or playing the song of discovery. I don't know what that sounds like. 
Um, but she investigates the area and she finds a few things. But most importantly, she finds a dye trail. And this is the dye that Kalai was wearing for the ritual. And she follows that to a thicket with broken branches. And then it has some drag marks on the ground. Like, that's how I'm not tracking. I'm like, what do the drag marks look like? <laughs> you know, how do you know? How many bodies, dra- <laughs> dragged bodies have you had to see? And you're like, oh, it looks like somebody got dragged here. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah, because she doesn't uh, like... She doesn't do the hitman where she like takes someone out and then like drags them away so other people don't see them. Right, that's true. Even though I guess you could say like you know if her and Rost were killing something and they just drug it back to where they lived to to, to you know to oh, eat it. Yeah, I guess you can kill more than just people. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she can. Uh, so, but then again, like she don't even know what the 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 drag tracks for a boar looks like because that's the only thing <laughs> that you can kill on the ground. It feels like. Because, yeah. you know, if you kill a turkey, you're not going to drag it. Though, to be fair, like, if you see, like, wide marks, like, just in a direction, like, what else would that be? Like A boar? <laughs> but, like, it has, like, footprint. No, but, like, why would you be dragging a boar? I don't think boars would be up there anyway. But you can see that something, heavy. Got, something got dragged, at least. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, she did see that something got dragged. And uh, it actually, that thicket leads to like another clearing, and that, that clearing it is kind of hidden. Like I, I can see, I will say, I can see how the search party could have missed it if they didn't go over there at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they just investigated right around where the ritual took place, and well, then that that's it was like it was it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they didn't see the drag markings, but I think Aloy followed the dye, but how to use her focus to follow it because it was so faint that you just can't see it that's true but i think if they would have just went over to that bush yeah so yeah they would have been able to see like oh there's broken branch there and then just look they just pull their head up like oh there's a whole other clearing over here yeah i'm sure they just walked off and was like yep no bodies (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly the falling theory remains unbroken yeah (laughs) so uh but aloy she finds kalai's body with a second unidentified person uh, and then Aloy can see that Kalai was strangled, and she deduces that the killer tried to push her off the cliff, but somehow failed. So, I mean, I don't like. It's kind of you. You know how strong you have to be to not be get pushed off a cliff. Like, like if you're in a position to get pushed off a cliff, right? That's a pretty bad position to be in because it's not that difficult to push somebody <laughs> like to, to, to continue to push somebody like off a cliff. This person must have really messed up because she is like standing on the top of the cliff with dye over her eyes, like not seeing things playing this song. Like how could you even hear someone come up? Like they're really bad at their job if they couldn't do that. Yeah. It just kind of pushed them. They just like nudged a little bit, made a dropper instrument. Like what? Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but, um, not that I pushed anybody off a cliff. I don't know from personal experience. Just put. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What he said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Times two. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it didn't work and that failed. And then when Kalai fought back, she strangled her and drug her into that area. Once again, it's not easy to strangle somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I have never strangled anybody, but just from what I understand about the <laughs> dynamics of strangling somebody with your hands, right? Because it didn't say there was like a tool or That's anything like that there. I was going to say, what did she use to strangle her with? And- right, exactly. Like there wasn't, like you don't see any tools or anything like that. So let's just imagine this person who's a, who's a woman uh, strangled this other woman with her hands. Wow. What a beast. 
like you couldn't push her off the cliff but you were able to strangle her and what angle like she can't be just standing up strangling her like you can get out like was she on the ground like and there's rocks around you could probably like there's dirt you can like grab dirt and throw it in someone's face like what was this angle from from a writing perspective i feel like this is overly complicated because they could have (laughs) easily fixed this whole thing like she grabbed a rock and hit her in the back of the head boom we all know that kills Yep. <laughs> we 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 were all that kills, you know. I think saying? I think the thing is though, yeah, that would make the most sense because she had to strangle her and drag her anyway. I was gonna say the thing is, like, oh, she hit her with the head in the head with a rock and then she fell off the cliff, people would know, but at that point she's not falling off the cliff. Yeah, exactly. Like she just hits her in the head with the rock and then drags her over to the side. So it's a little a little overcomplicated with the writing, but you know. Or maybe it, we're it, just it, overcomplicated on ways to murder people, and that's... Yeah. Also, I'd just like to say I've never hit anybody in the head with, <laughs> with a rock and killed them, so just putting that out there as well. I'll, I'll, I'll mark that for Christina as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't take long for Aloy to figure out uh, what killed the killer because a stalker appears, and you have to fight. And I think this is the first stalker fight that you have in the game. Which is, it's a good area for it because it's a good size. You can even see the stalker uh, while the, while it goes invisible because the sun's up. I guess I, the sun was up for me. I I, I don't think, uh, I, if you did it at night, maybe it changes it. But it's such a, like, the area is so open. The, I shouldn't say so open, but, like, there's not a lot of stuff to interfere with the invisibility. So you see the outline really well. Yeah. I, so stalkers, I feel like are were very one for one for me like i had not really any problems fighting them in zero dawn once i understood how they worked i was like oh it's just i just tear blast stuff off of them and like electrocute them the problem is is they always come in like multiple packs of three so fighting a bunch of them at one time with like their guns and stuff is like a pain but one is fine so, like, right. I don't have a problem seeing them. Like, I can see when, you know, they have their cloak on. Like, I just hit them with terror blasts until they are in my face. I feel like in the jungle areas, there, mm-hmm. there's just a lot. There's a lot going on in the jungle areas. So I, I think that makes them a little harder to hit there. Yeah. The electric traps, though, really help. But the only thing is, like, I always run into my own traps, which I think I, yeah, I definitely did here. So... That's that's right, the yeah. frustrating thing. But the electric traps, like the vertical traps, when they hit things, oh my goodness, it just hurts. When you run into it, Aloy's like, ugh, and falls over too. So it hurts you <laughs> right, as yeah. well. But they're really strong. Yeah, I, I just, I be, once I realized, or oh, once yeah, I saw that you could run into your own traps, and then I ran into one myself, and it caused me to die because the machine jumped on me, <sighs> I stopped using them at that point. I did. I stopped using them and then I started using them again in the cauldron that we just did. And I was like, wow, that worked out so much better than any of the other stuff that I did. So I started using them, but I ran into them a decent amount. Mm. So uh, once the stalker is dead, Aloy grabs Kalai's pouch and the the, the killer seed pouch as well. And Kalai, you got Kalai's to give to Bree, but the killer to see if she can be identified. So Aloy brings back the seed pouches and delivers the news. She gives this killer's seed pouch to Bree, but then Fane like takes it immediately because he recognizes it, and he says it belonged to Lena, Kel's apprentice. And Fane is surprised to you, like he's surprised to say the least, you know, because he doesn't know why she would do this. And I'm like, I can think of a few reasons, but okay, <laughs> like you know, I guess we'll get to that part. 
And uh, Aloy wants to talk to Kel, but Fane realizes that she's fled, and he says she went to she's going home to Summerwind, which is it's a ruined settlement, but it was her childhood home, right? So Aloy runs off ahead of Fane and the guards, and Aloy finds Kel and Summerwind by herself, and she's not looking too good. Like you can just look at her face, like Ugh, okay, yeah, it's she's not like I think she has like you know like like her like uh the what's the white part of your eyes? What is that called? Oh, I, I don't know. And not the people, not the iris, the internet to the rescue. It's it's a s. It has two consonants back to back. That's tough. It's a s and a c. Scolera. Why do I feel like I haven't really heard of that before? But every other part of the eye is like yeah. Sclera. Oh no, man! I'm not an optologist. What's an eye doctor? <laughs> you were close. What is it? <laughs> Opto is a it's not ophthalmologist. Now but see you know you can't even correct me. You don't even know. I doctor. Optometrist. Optometrist. What did I say? Yeah. Optologist. Optologist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could have said iologist, honestly. I at least yeah, yeah. tried. <laughs> you tried, you tried. But yeah, I think it's called it's pronounced scurla. I, 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 I'm butchering that, but yeah, I've never had to say that word before. Like, what are the whites of your eyes actually called? You just say like, whites of your eyes. Well, it's, it's not the white of her eyes anymore because they're black. <laughs> like, that's, that's what the point I was getting at. Like, that's why she doesn't look good. Like, the, what used to be the whites of her eyes are now, like, are, are, are black and discolored. Uh, so you can clearly see that she's, like, not looking good. Um, yeah, she's got like blue all over her mouth. It's like that, you know, that picture of that old guy that was like my grandpa thought he was eating yogurt, but it was <laughs> it was a thing, <laughs> yeah. thing of paint. <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah. laughs> I just I just made myself laugh really hard from thinking about that. Uh, yeah, so she, you know, she says uh, to Aloy that it was only a matter of time before that Aloy learned the truth, and now everyone knows. Uh, she says she didn't want it to happen, but she couldn't allow Kali's thought of leaving Plainsong to spread. And she says she would have been, it would have been more destructive than any sickness any machine. So she considered it a threat and had to stop what was threatening them. And Aloy says she's going to make sure that Kel pays for what she's done. But Kel says too late and shows that she's eaten some berries. They don't say anything, but I, one can assume they are poisonous because they're making the white part of your eye not white anymore. So, so a couple of things. One, how does Aloy not notice this? Because she has blue all over her fingertips, and like I said, blue all over her face. It's like, like she she's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, also, these look like the health berries we've been eating all game. So I'm like, that is true. Hmm. But then at the same time, I was like, if she couldn't take her poison with class, like you know, it looks like she just took a she's, mouth, like a, like a, like a handful of it, just like stuffed it in her mouth, like right. Right. It's like dignity. I'm not dying with that. Because you're gonna <laughs> when you eat the berries, like if if it comes out of your mouth, like maybe like lines down your mouth, but it's like all over. <laughs> it's all over <laughs> her face. Yes. Yeah. So the, the devs really wanted to let you know, hey man, she ate something. <laughs> not looking too good. Uh so but well, yeah, we can imagine we can assume that they're poisonous. Uh, especially how she keels over like two minutes from now. <laughs> but uh this is a flashpoint you can either there's an aggressive response no one will remember you you can say it ends with you which is the compassion response i'm gonna put air quotes on that and then you can say the intelligent response which is you failed you still failed and the reason i put air quotes on the compassion response is because it's not very compassionate 
it's just not as hardcore as the no one will remember you. <laughs> I was really torn about this because I was like, I hate her so much. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to say no one will remember you. <laughs> yeah. So that's when I picked two. Uh, no one will remember you. And it always says that she found Kalei, uh, Kalei's pouch and they'll so- soon be sewn in plain song. But that won't be the place with Kel. She says that nobody's going to sow Kel's seeds. And I'm like, from Ayla, I'm like, that's kind of a bold decree. You don't know what the Ataro are going to do. But she's like, yeah, right. nobody's going to sow your seeds. Uh, but then, you know, she kind of like kills over and dies. And then Bree shows up and he's upset that she won't stand trial. And then Ayla's like, oh, yeah, like, don't worry about it. Just burn her seeds. <laughs> burn her seeds salt the earth like you know that's that's what Aloy's suggestion was it's about he's like, the message yeah so uh, he, he just kind of walks away like yeah, I'm good with that like <laughs> and, that's, and that's it so now the compassionate response air quotes it ends with you uh, she says that you know two people are dead so at least she's paying with her life that's what Aloy says to her <laughs> she says two people are dead but at least you're paying with your life you know, and then when Bree comes, he says the same exact thing. Like, oh, she won't stand trial. She's like, oh, her death is enough justice. <laughs> that's that's I'm like that's the compassionate response. I guess it's, yeah. it's softer than no one will remember you. We're gonna burn your seeds. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> make a T-shirt out of that. No one will remember you. We're gonna burn your <laughs> seeds. <laughs> And then there's also the intelligent response. You still failed. And she says that when people hear what you, you know, what she did, that they'll cast uh, the old ways aside even more and she won't be around to do anything about it. And then she tells Brie that Clay, that also that Kel thought that silencing Kali would silence her beliefs. And she says, just prove her wrong and that will bring Kali justice. You know, that, that's the intelligent response. Clearly, our, our favorite response is the, you know. <laughs> the tough response. No one will remember you. Remember you. Yeah. I, after hearing those responses now, I'm like, yeah, I picked I pick the right one. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Bree thanks Aloy and gives her a gift. And Fane is upset that three people died seemingly for nothing. And he admits he never wanted Aloy around, but he does thank her for what she's done. And he says the rot re- with the rot removed, new growth can thrive. So he's back to talking about plants again, which I mean, that's what he does. Of course. Yeah. So uh, I do think it's funny because, you know, you can you can say they have the little explanation points above their head once it's over. And if you talk to Thane, well, it's not Thane, sorry, Thane three times, he's like, go Outlander while the roots are strong. It's not to GTFO. <laughs> he's like, go, go, I, I, go before I don't want you around again. Thank you. So. But uh, yeah, that's the end of that quest, and that's going to be the end of the episode. So, um, Christina, what are, what are you thinking right now? Like, where, where's your head at with the game? I'm feeling more confident. I feel like I say that every time, but like, I'm like <laughs> actually at this point not doing as many stupid things. Like, as I'm watching my videos and progressing, I'm like, okay, this is kind of where I finally starting to grasp the game, at least with Cauldron, right. because I feel like when you do the side quest. You could do them in kind of whatever order, but you'll do the cauldrons once you approach them. So I did it like the main story up to where we are and then the cauldron and then I continued the main story. So th- like I said, this is like the the point where I'm just learning how the game works and 
anything that's in my way, I'm like, oh, okay, like I'll, maybe I'll struggle, but like I'm not going to have like a really rough time like I did with right. like Shadow in the West. That was brutal. <laughs> that was a really brutal quest. Yeah, like, I think for at this point, the game starts feeling more like, you know, like a complete Horizon game mm-hmm. because you can finally... I don't want to say the last piece is there, but like you can finally override machines again, even in the limited capacity that you have, which I mean, just to note, like you start overriding machines within the first five hours of Horizon Zero Dawn. We are like 20 hours into this game. (laughs) We are 20 hours (laughs) in this game. And the only thing we've been able to, to, the only thing we've been able to override so far are chargers, you know? So yeah. So I'm like, uh, like finally, (laughs) you know, it's 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 here. So it is nice to be able to override machines and you know um, uh, cause distractions and you know things of that nature. So, but yeah, no, it, it definitely like the, the the experience is starting to get a bit more complete. Like your tool set is starting to really, uh, you know, feel full at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, so. like I'm definitely getting a feel for my for my tools, even though. I had a weird issue with that shell walker. I had more issues with that shell walker than I did with the wide malls, <laughs> like in the cauldron. Right. So that was a weird one. But the shell walkers always like always they're just a, a pain. Yeah, they're always a pain. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and close up at this point. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you want to keep up with the show and what's going on with the Masters Button Network, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com/slash the Mash Network. Christina, where can they find you? You can find me at S'mores Pop-Tart on Twitter and Twitch. And I'm also the host of another podcast on the network called Wondrous Tales, where we talk about Final Fantasy XIV content. Yes, and you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Tradamus. You can also follow me sometimes on uh, Twitch or our Twitch channel, which is TV slash Smash Those Buttons, where I do stream from time to time. Uh, like I mentioned before, we'd love to have you join our Discord, which is at mash.gg slash Discord. And I encourage you guys to reach out to our uh to reach out to us with your comments and questions so you can do so on discord or on twitter or you can just email us at contact at mash.gg uh i if you enjoy the show you want to help us out one of the best ways to do that is to share the show with others and also to rate and review uh you on your favorite podcast platform of choice if you want to take your support a bit further you can do so at mtb.gg slash support you can see all the different ways you can support mash's buttons including our patreon or our teespring store which is at merch.mash.gg uh, we do have Twitch subscriptions available. Uh, we have humble humble bundle affiliate links. If you uh, you know buy games on PC, they, they'll give you codes for Steam, every game store you play, and more. All legit, by the way. So humble humble bundle is very very legit. And there's a lot of people who don't know what humble bundle is. Like they weren't around for when it first kind of got started, which was like a cool thing for charity. So um, we also have one-time PayPal donations. So uh, you know. I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about Mash Those Buttons. And with that, we're done with this episode. We will catch you on the next one. See ya. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. 
If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash themashnetwork, facebook.com slash mashthosebuttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash discord. 